Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show that brings you the most interesting content in InfoSec, technology, and humans. The idea is to curate around three to five hours of weekly reading into a 15 to 30 minute summary. The goal is to have you caught up on current events, tell you about the best content from around the web, and hopefully give you something to think about as well. You can get the companion newsletter with all the show notes and links at danielmesor.com newsletter. Okay, welcome to episode 75. Don't forget to set the speed to 1.5 or 2x. And let's get started with the security news. So uh, tens of thousands of machines are now infected with the NSA's double Pulsar malware. So this is uh, the thing that came out in the, in the leak last week from Shadow Brokers. And uh, double Pulsar is actually the back door that gets installed from an exploit. The exploit is actually external blue. So external blue basically hits an open port 445. It exploits the system and it puts double Pulsar on it. And a whole bunch of people, including a buddy of mine, uh, Dan Tentler, are actually actively scanning the entire internet and they're finding tens of thousands of these systems that are exploited and the numbers are going up. So definitely get patched and get your uh, 445s off the internet. Hijme is a new vigilante worm aimed at defending against Mirai. So it's one of these white hat worms, right? Uh, Brickerbot basically destroyed machines and, uh, Hajme is instead blocking access to the TCP ports. So it's basically getting on there and then closing the system down so it can't be attacked by other worms. The author also left a message uh, saying that they were actually white hat and they, but, but they actually did leave a back door for themselves, which uh, is not super white hatty. And there's also a mechanism to update the, the worm as well. Bose is being sued for allegedly capturing data about what you're listening to through the headset's mobile application. So they're supposedly sending that data to a company called segment.io to mine for all sorts of, you know, goodness that it might contain. Basically, they're saying that it could tell what you're listening to. And obviously that would be very useful for a lot of people. So uh, this is why it's good to do traffic analysis on any system that you have, any IoT system. And evidently, IoT also includes headphones now, which I think we could just slowly expect that it's every, every, everyday object will apply, right? I mean, that's the whole point of IoT really is that everyday objects become connected to the internet and uh, interactive. So uh, yeah, we can add headphones to that list now. The DOJ says a 32-year-old Russian citizen named Roman Valerievich is getting 27 years in prison for hacking point-of-sale machines. Feels like you could kill a cop and get less time. In fact, I'm sure, yeah, you could do most things in the United States and get way less time than hacking a point-of-sale machine. To me, this means there's a massive bias and still like this magical pixie dust fear around hacking, like a Mitnick level, like don't let him touch the payphone because he's going to launch, you know, nuclear weapons type, you know, FUD around the entire space. So that's uh, definitely silly, but uh, still a reality. 
Intercontinental Hotels Group had a POS breach affecting like 1,200 hotels end of last year. And that includes brands like Crown Plaza, Holiday Inn Express, and some other ones. So at this point, I mean, it's hard to say, you know, check your credit card if this happened. It's almost like you just need to rotate your credit cards every week just on a schedule. It's getting pretty silly. Oracle has patched a Solaris bug uncovered by the Shadow Brokers leak along with 300 other issues, basically. Google's talking about including an ad blocker in future versions of Chrome, which is not something I would have predicted from an ad company. Um, I I imagine they're probably going to limit just the kinds of ads that they don't like maybe include some of their own. I mean, I I have no idea how that's going to work, but it seems like it wouldn't be an equivalent to like Adblocker Plus because that would just be, I don't know. It it doesn't seem logical. The fact that they're doing it at all is an indication that all this pressure is definitely, you know, getting to them and forcing them to do something. DARPA is launching a project called CASE, which is cyber assured systems engineering and this looks at how cybersecurity technology can be applied in a broad and scalable fashion to enhance resilience at a systems level so the idea is you know when things start crashing things start breaking can we keep these you know critical systems running which that's exactly the right question to be asking Manufacturing companies are increasingly looking at cyber insurance to help mitigate risk. So usually most of the companies who've looked at cyber insurance so far have been like consumer companies where they're worried about like credit protection. But last year, there's an 89% increase in the number of premiums paid by manufacturers, which brought it to like $37 million for for 2016. So yeah, 90% increase. That's pretty massive. It looks like Cyber insurance is definitely getting more popular. Microsoft is exploring replacing the password with its phone-based authenticator app. So you would log in with your username, you would get prompted on the app, you log, you validate on the app, and uh, you're in. And, and the assumption there is you have access to the app, which required some sort of authentication, and uh, th- that's why you're able to substitute the password. I think it's really cool. I do worry about the phone theft piece, but uh, I, I I do like this better than password, and, and I hope more people go in this direction. In fact, I think we're going to talk about it a little bit more in the ideas section. Federal agencies are planning to deploy a new facial recognition system at various U.S. entry points. I think they're looking at like airports and border crossings and stuff like that. Uh, interesting, scary, definitely worth following. Technology news, Facebook announced at its F8 conference that it's working on a system that translates brave waves into speech, and it's hoping to be able to use this to type, air quotes, type at 100 words per minute within a few years. They had a number of announcements, actually. They did a big VR thing with like uh, VR spaces and some other like really long term, like two to three years out type stuff. But uh, yeah, they're, they're kind of pushing, pushing limits, which I really enjoy. 
This uh, AI here at this link can predict heart attack more accurately than doctors. I mean, seriously, I, I, I feel like it's bad advice to go and become a doctor right now. Career-wise, not, not humanitarian-wise. I mean, this is going to put doctors basically back in the category of people who help others as opposed to this highly paid, no one else can do it type thing because everyone's going to have AI that could do the pattern matching, you know, in a, in a lot of situations better than the doctor can, especially when you have, you know, video-based interview system, either with an actual human doctor or a human doctor augmented with AI or just an AI-based system. Like you're looking at an avatar, you're being interviewed, um, maybe you have cameras to do, you know, inspections. I, I don't know, but that pattern matching is what doctors were so good at and sort of understanding history and stuff like that. As that's replaced, what does the doctor become? They become more, more like a nurse, more like a caregiver, more like, you know, the human element of interaction and less about determining what's wrong and describing a fix. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know who's telling their kids to become doctors so they can make tons of money, but in 20, 30 years, maybe even less, uh, it's not going to be great advice. I don't think Google home now supports multiple users. Got a video here describing that. Amazon has opened Alexa's deep learning and voice recognition technologies to chatbot developers. It's a major play to basically, they're, they're looking to be the technology in the back end for tons of AI based software services. Verizon is buying 37 million miles of fiber to improve its wireless network. A study says 95% of engineers in India are unqualified to become software developers. This is horrible. I mean, I think a lot of people knew that this was a problem, but being in India, trying to find a developer, the idea is that a, a graduate from a university who is now an engineer doesn't mean you could write code at all, basically. Um, and, and of course there is a small percentage at the top that, uh, that are fantastic engineers and they talk about it in the article, but most just have no idea whatsoever. So it's kind of a failure of the schools. And uh, <clears throat> I think a lot of companies and regions around the world are understanding this and they're kind of turning their backs to Indian engineers. Amazon's CodeStar looks to be playing in the GitHub space. I haven't looked at this super deeply. I'm, I'm going to, and then probably do, a piece about it um, on the site, but it looks to be playing in the space around GitHub. Uh, and it's all integrated with Amazon. Uh, if it's integrated with AWS and it's in your space, I think you should be afraid. That That's my opinion. Uh, the new Google Earth has just launched and it actually runs completely in Chrome. So it's not a thick client like it used to be. Human news. The best exercise for aging muscles. This is a cool New York Times piece. Looked at weightlifting, like light cardio versus interval training. 
and basically came out that interval training was the absolute best uh, and had major advantages uh, for both for younger and older people. I wish they described a little bit more what interval training looks like, but I think I have some ideas in terms of like practical things to go and do as part of your routine. Uh, Steve Ballmer has launched a remarkably functional and ambitious project called USA Facts, which looks like a counter for fake news, basically. It's got tons of simple, like, trending data for commonly discussed topics like population, growth, crime, or whatever. And, like, the visual is, like, just some, you see a line chart, and it's going up or it's going down, and it's got a title. It's like crime in whatever this region and you see it go up or you see it go down and you click on it and you see, oh, it's going from like 1995 to like 2015 or whatever. So it's, and then of course it gives a source of where are we getting this from? So it's meant to be like really approachable data to sort of augment arguments, I think, or discussions. So uh, really cool of him to do this. It, I remember there was one quote that basically he's like, yeah, if this takes a $5 million loss every year because it's so hard to get this data and, and present it in this nice way, then I'll just eat it. And I thought that was pretty cool. The U S wind industry now employs more than a hundred thousand people. I don't know how big a hundred thousand is compared to overall jobs. I, I feel like it's pretty large percentage. Seems significant to me, not being an expert in uh, that sort of thing. Uh, only 4% of Uber drivers are still on the platform after a year, according to this study that was done. That seems very low and very bad for Uber. Seems like, and I wonder if Lyft has similar numbers or if they, you know, have double or triple. Really, really interesting. 4% is just tiny. List of countries becoming hostile to Indian workers. This is an article about that previous point around how like Australia, the US, Singapore, a bunch of countries are like saying no thanks to Indian, Indian engineers and actually Indian like workers in general sounded like. So uh, kind of scary news for India, I think. Boeing is laying off hundreds of additional engineers. 25 is the peak age for your ability to make random choices about your life. According to this article, I thought that was really fascinating. A number of states are moving to open source textbooks to save money. I really wish they would have done this quite some time ago. It, the textbook racket, that is just criminal in my mind. And when you have all this great information out there and yeah, I mean, why hasn't this been a bigger thing before now? And I hope it becomes even bigger than it is uh, talked about in this piece. And uh, California's wildflower wildflower bloom as seen from space. So because of all the rain, there's just been massive numbers of flowers like blooming all over California. Like you can see it when you just drive around the Bay Area. Um, but evidently from space, you can see like all these different colors. Like, you see the poppies, you can see like red ones, purple ones. It's uh, quite beautiful to look at. 
All right, ideas section. I gotta go faster through this section. Uh, some people want me to go faster. Some people want me to go slower. I'm trying to get these things down to 30 minutes, but man, I get into the ideas and I just start, you know, talking about stuff that's interesting. And I don't know, I, I've, the last few podcasts have been over an hour and I'm trying to get it to 15 to 30 minutes. So I don't know. We'll just uh, adjust as we go. But first one here, an AWS security terminology primer. This is a piece I wrote last week. It describes IAM, which is uh, kind of their security infrastructure concepts within AWS and uh, describes what roles are, security groups, um, users, you know, the root user versus creating your own, access uh, secrets, access keys, like all the different terminology and what they actually mean. That's what that one is. Monitoring SSH brute force attempts using Splunk. And I misspelled Splunk, I called it Spluck. That's unfortunate. Um, but uh, yeah, this one is about basically how I use SSH and Splunk to visualize incoming connections, where they're coming from, how many, uh, what usernames are being attempted and that sort of thing. And it's a pretty cool demonstration of what you can do with Splunk. Differences between red, blue, and purple teams. This one, uh, I'm, I'm gonna start posting a few more often in the ideas section, maybe towards the end, I'm gonna put some definition stuff, which I feel like is important to just keep coming up. And this one is about the difference between red, blue, and purple teams, which I've talked about before in the past. So you can check out that link, pass it on to whoever seems to be needing it, which is usually sales teams and marketing groups. The differences between machine learning and statistics. This is kind of similar. A lot of people like conflate these two. And uh, this is kind of approach to thinking about that. Humans are outsourcing more and more decisions to machines. And in many cases, those decisions will be serious for those involved. Yeah, this is a, this is a conversation about how things are complete black boxes. I think I talked about this last week as well. Basically machine learning, deep learning specifically, it's a black box. You don't know how the machine got to what it was doing. And we keep outsourcing more and more of these decisions to the computers. And at some point it's gonna be telling us what to do. And we're not gonna know why it's telling us, but because the results are so good, we're just going to do whatever they say. And at that point, anyone who could control the output of such a system could kind of control what humans are doing. And that's, uh, that's obviously an issue. So it'll, it'll be fun to watch that unfold. It's time to do traffic analysis on any tech that you buy at this point. Remember that the central point of IOT is that you're taking everyday objects and making them connected and interactive. This is what I was talking about before. So it's basically time to take some responsibility for what your devices are doing once they're connected. And uh, you basically need to apply scrutiny to this stuff. Mobile app, network level, and I've got a link there. Obviously only technical people can really do this, um, but hopefully we can bring that bar down. Or, you know, 
realistically what's going to happen is other people are going to do this and they're going to provide ratings, uh, which is a lot of the work I do in my business life is trying to figure out how to provide that kind of knowledge to people so they can make better decisions. But I've got a link here to my parser tool, which is a, uh, a PCAP parsing system that, uh, well, it's not a system. It's like hundred lines of code in bash, but it, uh, parses PCAPs for sensitive information and does it in kind of a unique way using T shark and breaking each connection, each conversation into an individual PCAP. So you can basically say, why is sensitive data being sent to this thing, uh, versus that. Uh, where this and that might be like a third-party backend, an untrusted network altogether, untrusted hosts. Like, why am I talking to 30 different boxes and sending all this sensitive data there? So uh, that's what that project does. And that's what the link is. Google's Project Abacus is really, really cool stuff. This is an implementation of, well, it's not like they read my article and went and did it, but in 2015, I wrote a post called The Future of Authentication. And it was basically about this idea of continuous authentication. And uh, the idea, and I've talked with uh, my buddy Sasha about this a million times. It's like capturing like everything you do and the way you do it and having that become a composite, which gives you like a running score of your authentication level. So let's say if you're just sitting down, you haven't really done much movement you know, you go down to like 50% uh, or a rating of 50 authentication, right? And as you start moving around and using your voice and, you know, you've got good geolocation and you got fingerprints being hit on the, on the mobile device you're using, you know, that authentication goes higher and higher and it's sitting around 75 or whatever. And you try to go to a bank, it requires 80, but you only have 75. So it does something to prompt you to add a piece of authentication, ideally passively. Um, but maybe it prompts you and you have to actually, you know, say, say, you know, my voice is my passport or, or something, right. Or you have to put in a password or you have to do something else, you know, smart card or click a button, something. But the idea is that that would put your authentication level to like 90, which is above 80 and you're good to go. And then, that would again fall down, but you would basically be continuously authenticating or continuously providing authentication data. And then all the different things that you needed to do would have different requirements for authentication. So doors would open automatically at like a 35 or whatever. So that's the idea. And I talk about it in my book as well in the authentication section, especially as it relates to like universal daemonization, where you're surrounded constantly by daemons and your digital assistant is constantly reaching out to them and doing things on your behalf. But those things all require a certain authentication score, which is omnipresent and constantly being updated and being sent on your behalf by the digital assistant to these various daemons. So it's really the same concept. It's just a little bit farther in the future. So uh, that's what the abacus project is. I can't wait to watch this thing sort of grow and see how adoption shapes up, but I would use it tomorrow. If I could basically 
use imagine using it as a framework where abacus is what authenticates to all these different services that you use and then you are authenticating to abacus now obviously there's some issues with okay who am i you know giving all my auth data to i personally wouldn't want that to live with google um i don't know maybe i would have some issues with my entire identity and everything being google based just because they are an ad company but uh, they're also really good at this kind of infrastructure. So anyway, it'll be fun to watch. Multiple voice users on systems like Google Home and Amazon Echo is mostly a usability feature, not a security feature, because it's getting far easier to clone, edit, and replay human voice. And I've got a link here to this, this uh, Adobe presentation that was done a while back. And it was... Uh, it, basically, we have Photoshop for voice already. And this was a couple years back, or maybe a year or so back. Um, and there's stuff that's way better, right, that just hasn't come fully to market. But it's kind of a solved problem. It just hasn't gone mainstream yet. So basically, if you say a certain number of things a certain way, uh, it is those present the component parts to be able to make your voice say anything. And once that becomes an editor, then... And you can, you, you can basically just have anyone say anyone else's voice, especially once you start sharing it, right? All the celebrities, their voices are going to be printed. That's going to be easy. Um, cause you could just have, um, <laughs> you could just play movies through it. Right. And that person would have already said all the phonetic, you know, sort of requirements to be able to build their voice. So now you can have Iron Man say anything you can have, you know, whatever, uh, actor or actress say anything. So obviously they couldn't use that voice thing to control access to their apartment or whatever, but like the Google home and the Amazon echo stuff, that is usability. That's, that's being able to say, Hey, what's my agenda? What's my schedule? And then get a different answer based on who you are. So that, that works. And that's fine because that's not the type of thing that's going to be gamed. But if the head of the household, you know, is the only person that can open the safe and, but you know who the head of household is and you can spoof their voice, then, you know, that's not security. So important to make that distinction. Telling children that hard work gets you to the top is a lie that we should stop telling. This is a really cool piece. Um, that talks about this. It also reminds me of that, uh, bifurcation of America piece that I did uh, a couple months back. But uh, yeah, it's it's not about hard work because uh, a lot of people who are struggling and have three jobs and are working poor, they're the hardest workers you're ever going to find and they will still be poor for their whole lives. And unless they change sort of their approach to life, their ch children will be poor as well. So Telling people hard work is the answer is is not nearly enough. Not not in this world, not in this culture, not in this country, not in the future that, that we're building. So important to understand that. Discovery. Photoscan. How Google creates glare-free images from multiple shots at different angles. Gartner's Augusto... Barros 
put out a paper on penetration testing and red teams. And a lot of definition actually sounded similar to my own, which I think is encouraging. Turns out it didn't match exactly right. I, I do have some disagreements with it, but uh, it was quite a bit better than most attempts at it. I think it was a good paper overall. And actually had a bunch of stuff in there apart from the definitions that was pretty useful. So good piece by Augusto Barros and Gartner on pen testing and red teams. Awesome hacking, a collection of awesome lists of resources. And to be clear, awesome is the branding for the list. It's not just me saying it's awesome, which it is. So it's like awesome, awesome lists of resources for hackers, pen testers and researchers. And I'm basically going to keep posting this thing every once in a while because it's so good. I mean, it's hundreds of links really, right? Because each one is a category and the category has like hundreds of links in it. It's like a one-stop shop. It's fantastic. Really enjoyed this talk on preventing user account takeover from the perspective of an internal company. You got to check this link out. It's a, it's a slide deck, really quality stuff. This uh, A16Z podcast on the current state of life extension was really stellar. I'm not going to go into it. You, you should read it. Um, well, not read it. It's an A16Z podcast. These things are, I, I've said this a million times. I'm going to say it again. You should be caught up on A16Z. It is the podcast, uh, one of the podcasts that you need to be listening to. Um, at some point, I'm going to do like my list of must read or, or must listen podcasts. But uh, it's a short list because podcasts are harder for me to do than newsletters. But uh, A16 is definitely one that I listen to. Uh, this is a great marketplace piece on the most and least automatable jobs in America. Uh, an economist piece on the dangers of voice cloning, which is similar to the topic I talked about in ideas. Why information security is hard. This is a remarkable paper on how perverse incentives, basically economics, is the reason that, or kind of the primary cause that information security problems exist, as opposed to technical problems. Very much agree with this. There's a story of how SSH ended up being on 22. That was a fun read. List of websites people said changed their lives number of great links in here. Uh, look at Amazon's business strategy around cloud, AI, and logistics. Evolution of container usage at Netflix. Amazon and Canonical have partnered to make Ubuntu way faster on AWS. I think like 30% faster boot times and like 15% faster or oh, 15% smaller. So I'm going to look and mess if figure out if I need to install a different kernel to play with that. Anyway, new book argues America is becoming two different countries, high-end first world nation for the rich and a developing second world or third world country for everyone else. This goes along with that link I talked about earlier and also my post bifurcation of America. Um, I have not read this book yet, but I'm adding it to my queue. 
Double Pulsar Detection Script. This is great. It is a Python script for scanning a network for the NSA backdoor. I'm going to be playing with this. Um, probably I'm getting ready to fly somewhere and I'm probably going to play with it on the plane. Um, not on the plane, of course, but uh, while on the plane, I will be in AWS uh, taking a look at this thing, seeing what it does. But um, definitely take a look at it and, and use it to look at your own networks. Full rotational image of the moon. So it actually shows the moon rotating in a way that you see the earth doing uh, quite often. But it's just now been possible because of uh, some of the missions we've done there. And Kryptonite, which is an interesting project attempting to do away with ID underscore RSA, which is just like a different, it's a different way of storing your private SSH key. Notes. Here are my slides from the first IoT hacking meetup that we did in San Francisco. Great turnout, great venue, really loved the place. And uh, we did three talks and my topic was the IoT attack surface. And uh, oh, I bought some Ethereum, which are like Ether coins, which is the underlying technology that a lot of people believe will power a lot of the future peer-to-peer -peer technologies like smart contracts. And uh, you should check out the A16Z podcast on cryptocurrencies, which is what reminded me to go and do this. And I've got the link there to that podcast. Recommendations, patch and upgrade your Windows systems and make sure you don't have any port 445 facing the internet, unless you absolutely have to, which I don't know why that would be. But if you do, then find that reason, get rid of that, if at all possible. And the aphorism for the week, modern man is the link between apes and human beings. Modern man is the link between apes and human beings. And that's it for this week. I will see you next time. All right. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget that you can get the show notes for this episode, including the links to everything mentioned in the companion newsletter at danielmiesler.com slash newsletter. And if you like the show, please share it with a friend or on social media. I'll see you next time.